0: Um, the last uh, couple weeks have uh, been pretty busy for me, uh, personally, and for our church. Uh, Kate and I, I guess it wasn't last week anymore, but two weeks ago, uh, we had our third child, and so uh, that was exciting, <laughs> you know, that was exciting, but um, we had a girl. Um, don't quite know what I'm going to do with a girl or how, how to raise a girl, but uh, I'll figure it out. Um, but uh, her name's Lizzie. It took us only, only like three days to name her this time, but uh, we got it done. And uh, she'll actually, I, th- I believe Kate will be here um, this morning for second service. But, uh, so Lizzie will be here for her second Sunday of life, which is, which is good. Um, but uh, not only have we had, uh, personally have I had um, a busy last couple of weeks, but here at the church we've had a busy last couple of weeks. Alright, last Sunday and this Sunday, uh, we've gotten to witness people um, get baptized, and we've been able to see people really take that next step in their faith um, with believer's baptism. And by the way, let me just say this: that is what our church is all about. Okay, we're all about life change. We're all about teaching God's word, which we believe brings life change. And again, this morning we've been able to watch people, you know, physically see them um, take that next step in their relationship. Uh, with God. And so just awesome to see. Also this morning, uh, we are starting a brand new series called Seven. All right. And it's got a super creepy graphic that everybody keeps commenting on, but uh, that'll be good. So you'll remember it. Um, We're starting a brand new series called Seven. What we're going to be doing for the next few weeks is we're going to be looking through Matthew chapter seven. Okay? And we're going to pull this chapter out of the Bible. This chapter, by the way, let me just say this, has so much just great stuff that we can pull out and really apply uh, to our lives. And in reality, Jesus had a lot to say about the way that we live our life, He had a ton to say. And uh, this, this chapter, chapter, Matthew chapter 7, is really kind of the tail end of one of Jesus' most famous talks that he ever gave. And if you've been in church uh, for any amount of time, you've, heard, you've probably heard of it, but it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, through this talk, actually, Jesus, he's out one day, and, and people kind of gathered around him because people want to hear what this Jesus guy had to say. News had traveled quick and, uh, and they, people hear that there's this guy going around and he's teaching with authority, uh, teaching like something they've never seen before and that, uh, and that he's healing people and all these miracles are happening, all this kind of stuff. And so people, they want to see what's going on with this Jesus guy. And so people are coming from all around and, and when Jesus was out in public, crowds would just gather because people wanted to see who this Jesus guy was all about. And so one day, Jesus, he's uh, kind of out in the countryside, he's by the Sea of Galilee, And he walks up on top of this this hill because this crowd has formed. And he just sits down in the grass and he begins to teach the people. And that's where we get the sermon on the mountain. Jesus really, he he teaches them or he talks about a variety of subjects. He starts off by saying, hey, we need to be the light of the world. Okay, we need to be different. Then he starts talking about our sin. He's saying, hey, some of you guys, you think you're pretty good because you look at the Ten Commandments and you're like, hey, you know, um, I've never murdered anybody and I've never committed adultery, so, so I'm pretty good there. And Jesus is like, actually, if you, hate, if you have hate in your heart for somebody, he's like, that's the same kind of sin as murder. He's saying, hey, if you lust after a woman in your heart, he's saying, hey, what you're doing is you're, you're committing adultery really in your heart. He's saying, that's sin. You haven't kept the commandment. Then he starts talking about love, and then he teaches us how to pray. And then, in the last part of chapter six, in Matthew chapter six, he talks about worry and how God will provide. And that's actually something that we talked about three weeks ago, three Sundays ago. And then, right after he start, he ends kind of what he's what he has to say about worry. We get to chapter seven, and uh, today we're going to look at one of the most quoted verses in all the Bible. Um, It's so well known that even if you don't believe in the Bible or if you're not a Christian here and you have nothing to do with Christianity and maybe somebody just drug you here promising they'd take you out to lunch or something afterwards, I don't know. But uh, even if you're a non-Christian, even non-Christian people know this. right? Not only that, but non-Christian people, we as a society, we love this verse that we're going to be looking at today. And even non-Christian people use this verse, and a lot of times they use this verse against us as Christians. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to go through this kind of one chunk at a time, and we'll look at the first three words, and it goes like this. Do not judge. Now, how many of you knew the Bible said that? Right? We've heard that before. The Bible says, do not judge. Right? We in our culture, we love this verse. This verse is, Awesome, right? People who don't even believe in the Bible, even they believe in this verse. Even they believe that this is right. I mean, how many times have you heard, whoa, 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 whoa! you can't say that, right? Because the, the Bible says you can't judge. The Bible says do not judge. And, and you couldn't, you know, a lot of these people, they couldn't find it even if their life depended on it. But they know, they know that somewhere down deep, I mean, it's in there. It's in the Bible. See, we don't like to be judged for any reason. Um, I remember when I was in high school, within my little group of friends, um, I had a reputation of being the, the guy who was always late, okay? Um, you guys know those people, okay? I wasn't, I'm not the only one out there, although I feel like I've gotten a lot better, you know, now in my, in my old age, but, uh, yeah. But, um, one thing that I hated is a lot, you know, what, sometimes what would happen is, um... My friend, you know, we'd all be talking and we'd say, hey, we should meet up here at this time. And and then someone would just like throw out the dagger. We do this a lot to people. We just throw out little comments just to, I don't know, just to get at people or just to make a point. Maybe that's what it is. And someone would say, well, you know, Zach's going to be late. Or, well, you know, he's not going to be on time, hey, or you should tell him 10 minutes before so he's actually here, you know, on time, and all this stuff. And what would drive me nuts about it, I found that so annoying, because in my opinion, I don't think I was late 100% of the time, I was like like 50% of the time, you know what I mean? But what I found annoying to me, and this is, this is what we do, is, is it was like, I'm like, hey, you, can't, you shouldn't be able to say that, because what you're doing is you're judging me for something that I haven't even had the opportunity to do yet. You know, see, we don't like to be judged, especially when it doesn't feel fair to us. See, we look at these, we look at these words and we, we read, do not judge, and, and that's where we stop, right? We're like, do not judge, stop. But that's not all Jesus had to say. We read these words and we say, oh, do not judge, and, and we look at those. But what we forget is, actually, this is the beginning of a discussion, not the end of a discussion. All right, this is the beginning of what Jesus has to say about judgment. And unfortunately, the do not judge part is the only part that, uh, that we know or understand, or to be honest, I mean, it's the only part that we really care about because it makes us feel good when do, dealing with other people, we read this and we say, we actually put other words in instead of judge. Uh, we say, do not criticize me. Or do not compare me to anyone or to anything. Or do not confront me about anything in my life. Because, because in reality, it's, it's none of your business. We look at it and we read, do not judge, period. But it's not a period. Period. It's a comma. Jesus has more to say. So let's pull out the whole verse. He says, do not judge so that you won't be judged. Now, doesn't that sound better for us that don't like to be judged? I mean, why, why do we leave that part off? Why do we forget about that part? I mean, doesn't that sound a lot better? It's like, hey, do not judge me. We could say this. Hey, do not judge me because if you do, you'll be judged back. Because Jesus said that judgment is coming back on you. So you can't judge me. One thing that's really important for us to do here is because we're going to be looking at the word judge uh, this morning. It's important for us to understand what um, the word meant okay? That would make sense. What, what did Jesus mean when he uses this word judge? And in the New Testament, we see that the word judge, it really means two different, um, kind of two different ways. Number one, it can mean to analyze, okay? That makes sense. Um, you have to make a decision. So you have to judge. You have to make a decision between right or wrong. You got to make a decision between this or that. And so we, we analyze and we, uh, we, we make a judgment call, Right? But the other way that the word judge means is it can also mean to condemn, which, by the way, this is the this is the way that Jesus is meaning here. And uh, we look, we hear the word condemn, and we're like, ooh, that's not a good word, right? It's kind of a it's kind of a harsh word. We don't want to think about um, condemning. And, and part of it is, yeah, you're right. All right? We shouldn't be condemning others. We we do not condemn is one way that this verse could be translated, but. We also gotta remember that that is the type of judgment that God will judge us with. See, here in this context, Jesus is not saying that you cannot analyze or you cannot make a decision. Jesus is saying, do not condemn. He goes on in Matthew chapter uh, seven, verse two. He says, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured By the same measure that you use. Basically, what what he means here is he's saying, hey, whatever judgment that you use to judge, that judgment is actually going to be used on you someday. Or whatever measure that you use to judge, that same measurement will be used on you. And so some of you guys are sitting here, you're like, hey, this is great. All right, this sounds really good. No one can judge me. Everything's good, and, and and I can't wait till someone like like says something or or criticizes me or some way or, or is just judgmental towards me. You know, I can't wait to say, ah, you better be careful because because God is going. You know, this judgment or this measure of judgment that you're judging me with. You know, that's going to come back on you, and so you better watch out. You know, this is really great, and, and so we're we're looking at it. And we're like, wow. You know, Jesus is on my side. God, he he knows what I'm feeling right here, and then Jesus. Is goes on to the next verse, and he makes it even stronger. He says, why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look? There's a beam of wood in your own eye. He's saying, why do you notice the little bit of bad in others' lives? Why, Why do we do that? Right, we notice the little bit of bad in other people's lives, but we completely ignore the bad or the large amount of sin in our own life. And that's a fair question. We all do this to a certain extent. Um, none of us are perfect. But, but wh- wh- why do we do that? Just think about that. Why? Why do we prefer to judge others instead of ourselves? I think one of the main reasons is I think a lot of times, and, and really this context is we're looking at, um, at Christians in relationship with other Christians, but a lot of it is, is just jealous, jealousy. All right, I think, this, and I'm just thinking through this, um, this is my own thoughts, these are my own opinions, but I think sometimes what we do is we look at a fellow Christian, we look at a brother or a sister in a sense, and, um, and we see them doing life the way that God tells us not to do life. And that bothers us, and that should bother, bother us to a certain extent. But what bothers us, what makes us jealous is we see them living life the way that God has told us not to live life, and it seems like they are getting away with it. Their life seems to be going great. You, on the other hand, it's like, it's like your life, you know, you're, you haven't done those things. You haven't done what they've done, and you haven't done what that person is doing right now, and it seems like for you, you know, and you got all these problems in your life. Your life's not perfect. You got all these things you got to deal with. And it seems like they're just getting away free, and it doesn't make sense. And why isn't God taking care of this? Why isn't God correcting them? And a lot of times, I think we look at these people, and we're, in all honesty, it's just jealousy within us. Because it's like, why do they get what I want, but they're doing it the wrong way? I think maybe the majority of us, and this is kind of what Jesus is talking about here, I think we're just self-righteous people. Meaning that we specifically choose not to deal with our sin. We ignore it. All right, we think we're pretty good, we know that we're not perfect, and we know we've done things wrong, but the things that we've done wrong aren't that bad, you know? And, and, and we're like, you know, I'm not as bad as that person, or that person's doing this, and I've never, I've never done that before. See, the thing that we got to remember is that self-righteous people are usually not self-aware. See, self-righteous people are usually not self-aware of their own sin, and that is a problem. And so what Jesus is doing here is he is pointing out the sin of judging the wrong way. But notice something here. Notice in in Jesus' illustration, Jesus' example. Notice that both people have something in their eye. See, Jesus is not saying, hey, don't judge because because they don't have any sin and and you're wrong. That isn't wrong. That's that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, you are right. There is a, a splinter in their eye. That person does have sin." But so do you. And so, as so far, through these first four verses, what it sounds like, what Jesus is saying is just hey, just mind your own business. Don't worry about other people. You need to worry about your own life, fix your life. Don't worry about fixing other people's lives. That's what it sounds like so far until we get to verse 5, which is critical in this whole thing. He starts off, he says, you hypocrite, all right? This is Jesus. He's just sitting there in the grass, and he's like, you hypocrite. Sounds kind of harsh, right? I mean, can you picture Jesus saying that? And hypocrite, by Jesus' definition, is someone who is more fascinated with what's wrong with someone else than what's wrong with themselves, He's saying, hey, sin, you hypocrite, you people that are more fascinated with what's wrong with someone else than what's wrong with yourself. He's saying, he's saying those are the people that he's talking to. You're more interested in fixing someone else's life than their own. And he says, you hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye. And then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. See, he gives us two things here. He's saying the first thing you need to do, right, is the first thing is you got to fix yourself. You need to work on the sin in your own life. He's like, you got issues. Remember, he had just talked about how uh, none of us have really kept the Ten Commandments. We all got sin in our life. And he's saying, first, you need to fix yourself. You need to work on the sin that's in your life, and then you can help that person fix their life. Actually, and then, really, we have the responsibility to confront that person about their sin. Wait, 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 wait. I thought, wait, I, I thought that Jesus is saying, no, they can't confront me. Well, I mean, that's what he says. He says, do not judge. We're not supposed to judge. They're supposed to, they're supposed to mind their own business. They, they don't have any right to come into my life and tell me what to do or what not to do. See, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, do not judge in a hypocritical way. Actually, just a few verses later, in Matthew chapter 15 and 16, and we'll talk about this more in the next coming weeks, he says, hey, watch out, guys. He says, be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. See, he's saying this beware of people who teach some religious teaching that is not found here in the Bible. And I just want to throw this out there, and I think a lot of times we just skim over things, but, uh, but there are churches that are all around us that do not teach what the Bible says. Just because it has the label church on it, or just because someone have, has the label Christian, does not mean that they follow what the Bible says or does not mean that that church believes or even teaches what the Bible says. See, Jesus is saying, those are really the people that Jesus is talking about. He's like, hey, watch out for those people because they're messed up. And they'll lead you down the wrong way. And so our question is, well, how are we supposed to know? How do we know? He says, you'll recognize them by their fruit. See what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, we have to judge. You have to make a judgment call. You have to look at their life and you need to see if their life matches what they're teaching, or really what their life matches what the Bible says. Are they doing right or are they doing wrong? By the way, it's not what we think is right or what we think is wrong. It's what the Bible says is right or what the Bible says is wrong. That's what we go off of. We see in John chapter 7, verse 24, kind of the same concept. We see he says, stop judging. This is Jesus again. Jesus says, stop judging according to outward appearance. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment." He's saying, stop judging in a hypocritical way. You need to judge righteously. But our culture tells us something different. Our culture says, hey, you can't judge anyone for any reason. And, and, and unless, by the way, and this is our culture. It doesn't make any sense. You can't judge anyone by any for any reason unless you're judging someone about judging, and then it's okay, right? See, if you tell someone that they're wrong... Or if you tell someone, if you point out some sort of sin or some sort of thing in their life that they need to work on, our culture tells us, well, you can't do that. That's hateful. That's hate. You can't do that. That's so judgmental. That is not what Jesus is teaching here. And so as I look at us today... I was trying to figure this out. I think we can divide us up into really three different groups. And I'm not saying that we're solely in one group. Um, It could totally be that we're in multiple, maybe we're in two groups. Or maybe we're in all three groups. I don't know. It depends on really where we're at. Um, But I think we could divide us up into three different groups. And so this is what I want to go through. Some of us, we see people sin and we write them off. We see people and we see the sin in their life, and we just, we, we just write them off. We look at them, we're like, I've never done that. Man, that person's messed up. I wouldn't want that person's life. And who are we? We're this person that Jesus is talking about with the log or the, or the beam of wood in our eye. We're, we're that person. See, we see sin in someone's life, and we look down upon them. We, we think that, you know, we're pretty good, and again, we've done some things, and I'm just not that bad, and, and uh, we're a pretty good person, and you've never done what that person's done, and you think to yourself, well, I'm not self-absorbed like him, or I don't talk negatively about people all the time like she does. Like, that just drives me nuts, or I'm a way, way harder worker than, than, than he is at work, and I'm not lazy like him. And you think you're pretty good in comparison to those people. In all honesty, we probably all have people in our life that we look down upon like that. Um, And so my question to you, I mean, this is how you figure out if, if, if maybe this is you or if you're in this group at this moment in time in your life. Is there anyone in your life that you think that you're better than? I mean, legitimately better than? Someone at work, someone at school. Maybe it's in your family. You know, is there anybody in your life that you think you're more moral than? Well, I've never done that. That's messed up. That person's, I mean, psh. See, Jesus is saying you look at other people's faults and you look at other people's sin before your own. And Jesus is saying, that's messed up, that's wrong. That's a problem. He's saying, first, this is what you got to do. First, you need to take the wood out of your eye in preparation for removing the splinter out of your brother's eye." He's just saying, hey, you got to fix the sin in your life. You need to take care of that. And so that's one group. The second group is this, and I think a lot of us fall into this one as well. It's you see people sin in their life, pride, gossip, laziness, whatever, you know, it could be. A million different things. And you don't necessarily think you're better than them because you see the sin in your life too. And you're like, yeah, I messed up. They're messed up. We're all messed up. It's all good, right? Um, but you see the, the sin in people, or you see people's sin. And you know what you do? You refuse to acknowledge it. You refuse to acknowledge it to them. What are you? What, you're You're a people pleaser. Right? You never confront anyone regarding sin or wrong in their life ever because, I don't know, that's just awkward and it's uncomfortable. And, uh, and you know, you're not going to point out anything. That's, that's not, that's not going to help your relationship with them. And some of, this is what's crazy to me is some of us, we do this even when it's our own, like, children or even when it's our best friend, even when it's the people, sometimes it's maybe even it's the hardest with the people that we got the best relationship with. I was talking with a parent earlier this week, and um, this was a parent of a student that's, you know, maybe 21 or 22 now, um, that was in my middle school and high school group when I was doing youth ministry, and um, I'm talking with this, with this mom, and I'm just asking her about her daughter. Hey, how, how's she doing? What's going on? And her mom tells me kind of some of the things that her daughter is doing that is completely against what the Bible says all right, completely doing life the wrong way, doing things specifically that uh, God would say is wrong, is evil, is sinful, okay? And I'm asking the mom, I'm like, so what does she say when you talk to her about it? Mom's like, well, I, I'm not going to talk to her about it. You know, she, she doesn't live with me anymore. She moved out of the house. You know, I'm not going to point that out. I don't want to be that type of parent. And I'm just like, You care about your daughter. You know, it's just crazy to me that even our closest relationships, we refuse to confront people about the the sin that's in their life. The Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. Right? We're supposed to be helping each other get better. And why do we do that? We don't want to rock the boat. We We don't want to make it weird. And the honest truth is when we do that, it's you care more about your, your friendship with that person than the person that you have a friendship with. You care more about your, yourself, you care more about your friendship with that person than the person that you have that friendship with. See, so we see this all the time. Uh, I'm not a Facebook guy. I don't. I have a Facebook, I don't get on Facebook hardly ever, so let me just make, say this, public service announcement. If you message me on Facebook, I probably won't get it for like three months, okay? Some of you guys know this, because... Um because you, you've you've messaged me on Facebook, but I just don't get on that much. Not I'm not I'm not into Facebook at all. I know some people you're like super into Facebook. You're posting things every day. You know you got like you know all kinds of stuff going on. You're all about it. Um, but sometimes this is what I this is what I see. This is one of the things that drive me nuts about Facebook. Is uh, I'll see somebody in our church who let's say this, and, and some of the, some of this is like real. Um, but uh, but I'll see someone in our church who is clearly having an affair on his wife, okay? And what he'll do is, he'll get on his Facebook and he'll post a picture of him and his new girlfriend, you know, out uh, doing something. And what do we as Christians do? Like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, look at them, they're so happy. Like, that's so messed up. You know, or this, or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a lady, and she's having an affair on her husband, and it's public, it's, you know, everybody, everybody knows this, and they're not divorced, and, and it's, just, it's just a bad situation. They're in the church, and, and what I'll see is I'll see people in our church, you know, she'll post a picture of them making dinner together, or whatever, you know, and what, what do we as Christians do? Like, oh, that's so, that's so awesome. They're having, they, they're having such a good time, like, what are we doing when we're doing that? I mean, the reality is we are affirming the sin that is clearly sin in their life. And it's not just on Facebook. I just see it all the time, you know, whenever I get on, which is like once every month, all right? I'll see, I'll see stuff like that. And it's just, it just drives me crazy because that is so messed up. That is the opposite, by the way, of what Jesus is telling us to do here. In fact, when we're doing stuff like that or when we have a buddy or we have a a friend or a family member that we know is doing life wrong and they call themselves a Christian and we don't confront them, what we actually are doing is we are encouraging them to do it by letting them know basically that what they're doing is okay with us. Or on Facebook, it's we actually like it. It's like we're affirming the sin In their life. Some of us in here, we're in this group and and we're like, we view ourselves as like the super Christians, right? We're like, oh, I'm I'm like a super Christian. I pray all the time. I go to church every week. I give. I do all this stuff. And uh, what we do is we won't confront that person that we see sin in their life because we don't want to be judgmental. We won't confront that person, but we will pray for them. Oh, I pray for that person every day. And what are we doing? We're using prayer, something that is good, something we should be doing. We're using prayer as an excuse not to obey what Jesus is telling us to do here. We use something good as an excuse not to do what Jesus is telling us to do. See, some of you, you're a people pleaser, and that's not a good thing. You're ignoring Jesus telling us to help take the splinter out of our brother's eye. Now there's a third category of people. And I think, again, a lot of us, you know, we're, we're all, we've all been here before. And that is that you have something messed up in your life and someone has pointed out the sin in your life, but you refuse to listen. And actually, you've been offended because someone has pointed out something that's wrong in your life. And you know how, how we tell this? And again, I'm, I'm in this too. I struggle with this just like everybody. Um, you, know, you know how we tell this? It's when somebody comes up to us and tells us something that shouldn't be in our life, and we get defensive. We all know that, right? It's like, whoa, I only do that because, you, know, you know what I mean? We get defensive. Maybe some of us, I mean, maybe you, you're sitting out there, you're like, oh, yeah, I use this verse all the time. You're the one, you know, you've, you've used this, you like, hey, you can't do that, you can't tell me that, because the Bible says do not judge, and you're judging me, and that's not, that's not right. You have no right to judge me. You need to mind your own business, But the honest truth, and if we were to look super deep into our life, the honest truth is, they were right. If you were to dig down deep, you would realize that what they said, you don't want to, but it's it's true. You know what you need to do? You know what we need to do? We need to listen. We need to listen. See, love forbids me from simply minding my own business when I notice that your business needs minding. That's not judgmental, that's love. See, so see, we're all in one of these groups, all three groups have things that we need to work on, right? Um, some Some of us, you know, we need to get right with God because we have a beam of wood in our eye. We got this, you know, gigantic sin in our life that we have to get rid of. We need to fix. We need to remove it from our life before we can help others. Others of us, Um, we need to confront, and this is hard, and this is difficult, and this is awkward, and I don't think there's any perfect way to do this, but the honest truth is we need to obey Jesus by confronting those people in our life that, that those people in our life that we love that aren't doing life God's way, especially if they call themselves a Christian. We need to confront people. We need to point that out to them. Just, just point it out. I'm not saying this is something we gotta do every day. And like, every time you see them, it's, hey, you need to fix it. Hey, you need to, that's, that's not what I'm saying. In a loving way, we need to at least let them know where we're at on this. We need to at least let them know that the Bible says that they should not be doing that. See, we need to confront. And probably a lot of us in this room, We're in the third category. We just got to listen. We need to listen when people are confronting us. See, it's not do not judge, period. That's not what Jesus says. If we look at all that Jesus says, it's do not judge in the wrong way. Let's pray. God, we, um, we thank you for loving us. And God, help us to understand really what you mean here. God, we all got things we got to work on. We all got sin in our life. None of us are perfect. God, help us to remove the sin from our life. Help us to confront those people in our life that have sin or that are struggling with something. And Lord, when people come and correct us or criticize us or, or, or confront us, God, help us to listen. These are three things that we are not good at. But God, we know that we can do it with your help. God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, don't forget if you have a student in grades 6 through 12, get them signed up for our Kalahari retreat. You can find some forms at the Information Center. Other than that, we will see you guys back here next week.